I look at the narrowness of the market going up and the extremeness of it when it comes to headline and news. And then I just re recently subscribed to a research um, uh, report thing called the Crowded Market Report. And uh, the guy um, who runs it is Jason Shapiro. And if you've read any of the um, uh, what the Market Wizard books, he was in the last one called um, The Unknown Market Wizards. And he's a futures trader and um, he's a contrarian. And so after about a year of just watching him on Twitter and all this, I subscribed to his thing. This, this, but it's very interesting how he goes about it. And he's looking at, I mean, you're a farmer and you understand that, you know, if you have a crop, you, you know, farmers typically hedge that out with future contracts just in case it goes the opposite way. Well, I don't. It's amazing. The older ones, really? but my friend, he's really good at it. You know, I'll go over and watch him and he, he knows nothing about stocks. So I help him with stocks, you know, and I'm like, it's the same thing, except we don't have to worry about rain. You know, we just have to worry about some analysts coming out and downgrading your stock, you know, out of the middle. Yeah. Of the yeah. So he, he trades futures and pretty much anything future related, but he's got this system and it's the whole, um, it's, the large speculators and small speculators versus the commercial um, the hedgers, basically the institute, you know, market makers. Um, hey, how are you? Good. Um, and um, anyways, it's very insightful and his philosophy behind it is very, he's averaged for the last 10, 12 years, 30% annually. Like he doesn't have bad year. He doesn't have a negative year. And it's just this patience and all things. But anyways, I was reading through it yesterday, and um, it got me to thinking about how it topped out, like, for instance, the S&P is, how short people are the S&P, and in particular, large and small speculators, and the, in re the inverse relationship of that to um, the commercial guys. And I'm like, you know, shorts push markets higher. And when shorts start to exit, markets start to collapse. Well, if you look at the S and P, it's pretty much it's pretty much at that max. Uh, the Nasdaq is not. It's close. It's about got another twenty five percent to go. And then, as of last Tuesday, not this past Tuesday, but this previous Tuesday, and then the and the Dow is like fifty eight percent as of last Friday. And it really now, got me. when when you say that. Is that up based on his something he has, or his, what's that based on? It's his calculations, and it's okay. basically. Um, but basically, he says when you go in and you buy calls on, like, say, um, Nvidia, he, the commercial, the market maker, the the big institution, takes an opposite. It'll hedge it, and they'll hedge it by buying the S and P or they'll sell puts, uh, or some version of that. And this move we've seen in May in the AI area has been heavily that. So what you're seeing is the commercial guys are short, in a sense, are hedged out against the large speculators and the small speculators. And his point is, is that small speculators are 95% of the time wrong. And so... <laughs> And 
the large speculators, which are the hedge funds, are getting are up in that area. But once you see this peak, you start to see a rotation out of that trade. And it's very it's more extreme. So he's trading on the very extreme side of things. But uh, it just got me to thinking about where we are in this whole process of we haven't had a significant pullback in really, you know, the two big indexes, the S&P and the NASDAQ. And as we've discussed before, previously, the majority of those two indexes have been driven by really seven stocks. And the question I have is how much longer can that go? And based on some of the on the research he's putting out there, um, we're getting really close, which brings me to the, the black swan trade idea. Um, once we see some sort of news event that would have rallied the market, but doesn't, and that's one of his triggers is he's looking for a news event that um, would typically rally the market and it fizzles out, doesn't do anything. Because typically that is where you see the rotation. If it's so up or like, like next week, if the Fed raises rates instead of skips or whatever they call it, something like that. Well, I think everybody's expecting it would be something like that. It would be that or now there's a lot of talk about pause because of the 500 basis points move they've done in rates since March of last year. We're just starting to see that trickle into the system. And if they pause, that is a big indication of they're concerned. Maybe they've gone too far. See, I just look at the stock market in general, even though it's, you know, the Magnificent Seven are driving this. <clears throat> I look at the jobs report last Friday and just knowing what the, the Fed looks at, they're going, we're not stopping anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mortgage yeah. rates are down, and all we're doing is we're, we're feeding inflation. And I think you're going to see the core inflation go up still. I mean, go look at gas prices and what's going to happen with gas prices now. They're yeah. already up, you know. They're up 60 I know cents. they take that out of core, but crap. <laughs> I, it's I still can't expensive. go anywhere now, gas or, or food, and that's what they take out of the field. You know? Well, it's like my buddy told me today. He goes, it's expensive to eat down here. He goes, he's making like three to 400K a year selling mutual funds. And he's like, we went and got ice cream and it was uh, $60 for four people. I'm like, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are, I, go to, I go to Dairy Queen. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, touristing it and the whole bit. But he went to a restaurant and four of them, uh, close to $300. And That's I'm like, usually our bar tab. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, I guess the point is, it is getting, it is expensive. Um, yeah, and so it, again, I, you know, I'm just looking at Nvidia chart right here. And for the last seven days, it's been nothing. Pretty much stopped at resistance. Yeah. And today, you know, it went, it went way over the Bollinger, the upper Bollinger limit, and now today it's it's under the nine. So if it starts closing under the nine, you're going to start seeing it. I mean, I've seen the MACD roll over. Stochastics rolled over. Um, RSI is still pretty high, in, you know, in overbought conditions. Yeah. So, looks like today was a distribution day too. So that would bring it down a tad. But, you know, it's not going any higher than resistance. Something's got to break it out of there, and that's been three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days. 
it's almost two weeks. Yeah. Well, I guess my thinking is if the Fed were to pause next week and you got a rally off that, but it, be, but it fizzled out within 48 hours, is that the news story that would pivot this market? From what I hear, they're they're not using the word pause anymore. They're using the word skip. Right. So they would they, they wouldn't raise, but they're going to leave it in, and they will raise the next time. This and again, a lot of this comes from the financial media. Oh, totally. You know, hyping all this bullshit up. I've been watching the Fed on this one, and they've been doing what they've been saying they're going to do. You know, each and every time. <clears throat> and I think we have a good chance of a quarter point raise, based on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, what I happens if that? What happens if that happens? Nothing. I think the market goes up. See, I think the market's been going up partly because, well, mostly because of AI, but partly in trying to get ahead of this Fed pause trade. So I'm in, you know, and I'm going to catch the, you know, the next ride up. Yeah. I guess the, you know, it's it's where is this, where does it go, like? So if the, if they do pause, is that the news event? Is the Fed the news event that triggers it to go higher or lower? Uh, I guess is the the question. I I'm with you. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of talk about a pause uh, or a skip, um, but unemployment is not going up, and inflation seems to still be going up. So that is their two number one rules of we got to squash that. I guess it's quite, maybe a question of some point that's going to happen. And when when is it most likely to show up in the news? When is it most likely to see unemployment jump, you know, 25, 50 basis points? Didn't, didn't it go up to 3.7, even though there were more people working, which I don't understand. But <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the way they calculated because. Wow. If you go out and I have, if I have three jobs and you have four jobs, that counts as seven. Right. Even though it's only two people. Right. It does. Yeah. And if that's how they yeah. manipulate it. That's insane. Um, so do you see an opportunity? And this is like one of those out there on the, on the spectrum kind of uh, trades and what, you know, where the market does retrace um, and, and what causes, what's the event that could, what's the different events that could cause such a trade that we could see 20, 30% decline? That's a $100,000 question. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I wish I knew. Um...